still on Easter break, so we are releasing for you a remastered edition of our episode for the sixth Sunday of Easter. Uh, we hope you enjoy the show. We'll see you again in a few weeks. Test. Test. Okay, we're good. Okay, cool. This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 moment, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. Just like last week, we are recording tonight live from Bexley Hall Episcopal Seminary in Columbus, Ohio, which is the site of the Acts 8 moment core team annual meeting. Hooray! Yay! So, should we introduce ourselves quickly? I'm Brendan O'Sullivan Hale, and I'm a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I'm Holly Powell, and I am a member of the Church of the Holy Trinity in Georgetown, Kentucky. So this podcast is about the Collect of the Week, uh, which is a short prayer that occurs near the beginning of each Sunday service in the Episcopal Church. It's a prayer that changes every week, and it's pretty easy for that prayer just to kind of go right over your head if you're not paying close attention. Mm -hmm. So the purpose of this podcast is really to uh, spend a little bit of time unpacking and meditating on uh, what these prayers might mean to us. Now, collect is a kind of funny-sounding word. We don't really use it a lot in English, but it's spelled like collect, as in collecting pre-Vatican II Latin missiles, uh, or <laughs> I know somebody who did that, or My Little Pony, uh, I don't know, action figures? <laughs> anyway, my, my Little Pony, I guess, is kind of hot right now, although maybe yeah. Yeah, I know someone who did that, and it's my daughter. <laughs> okay, but I, I just got to say to all the millennial hipsters, or I don't know if your daughter's really a millennial hipster. Well, she is a millennial. Yeah, okay, but all that stuff was from back in the 80s, just so you know. High five. High five. <laughs> we can do that when we're live in person. That's right. So, let's get started on this uh, college for the sixth Sunday of Easter. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Um, I will take a read through it. If you are following along at home, you are on page 225 of your Book of Common Prayer. O oh God, you have prepared for those who love you such good things as surpass our understanding. Pour into our hearts such love towards you that we, loving you in all things and above all things, may obtain your promises, which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So, Holly, we're actually getting towards the end of Easter season here. We are. And uh, it looks like this prayer is taking some pains to remind us how incredible Easter is, that we get God giving us good gifts that surpass our understanding, and that God offers us promises that exceed all, All that we, that we can, can desire. desire. Yeah, I know that's serious stuff. But you know, you brought up to me as we were preparing for this podcast. Um, we got a little bit of circularity going on in this prayer. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, 
Dear God, make me love you so much that you will give me things that you then give to people who love you a lot. Which I get, but it's, again, going back to something I talked about in a few podcasts ago, it's it's a passive prayer, but we're just kind of waiting for God to give us the desire to love him, which then will lead to the awesome things. Yeah, it's strange. And, you know, while, while we've generally talked about the history of some of these collects, uh, kind of as an interesting footnote, uh, I think the history of this one, and particularly uh, the really deep scriptural roots of this prayer, are, are critical uh, to getting kind of a good grasp on what it's about. Mm-hmm. The prayer is coming directly from uh, Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, at least that, that's where it finds its origin. So it's uh, 1 Corinthians 2, uh, starting in verse 9. And this goes, But as it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human being knows what is truly human except the human spirit that is within? So also no one comprehends what is truly God's except the Spirit of God. And I think this bit of what Paul is talking about here starts to get at the circularity of the prayer uh-huh. uh, because even Paul is getting a little bit a bit circular here because he is talking about the spirit of God uh-huh. searching God's self uh, which hints a bit at some Trinitarian theology which we probably won't get seriously into today other than that this really reflects the very bigness of God uh, and not just God's self as being really big, uh, but also the all-encompassing nature of God's love and the movements uh, that are happening between God and the creation. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that passage from the, the letter to the Corinthians calls to mind the, the gospel of this week of Easter 6, which is John chapter 14, uh, starting on verse 15 in which uh, Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. Right, you're, we're, we're talking a little bit here, this, this kind of unknowable nature of, of God, the Holy Spirit, which... Which is kind of a nice lead up to Pentecost, honestly. <laughs> well, yeah, it really is. And I think we're being prepped for Pentecost here. Uh, the other thing that's happening, I think, in that reading is, you know, it talks about how the world is not able to receive the Spirit. Uh-huh. Uh, but yet, here we are in the world receiving right. the Spirit. Right. Uh, and this, in some ways, is almost a callback to the prayer we were talking about a couple weeks ago uh, about the eyes of faith. Oh, right. Yeah, perfect. Uh, it, it is through uh, the love that we have received from God uh, that we are able to perceive the invisible spirit of God. Uh-huh. And in fact, it's sort of funny if you look back at the original Latin version of this prayer that comes in the Gallican Sacramentary. Uh, for those of you keeping score at home, this prayer dates from 750 AD. And the original version of this prayer refers not to 
the such good things as surpass our understanding, but in fact, the invisible good things of God, which is uh, kind of amazing and, and is sort of a callback to uh, that passage you just read us from John. Ooh, I love that. Invisible good things. And then, so this goes uh, back even further. <laughs> if you look at what First Corinthians 2.9 is, it is actually quoting from Isaiah 64. So the, the, the quote from uh, 1 Corinthians 2 is, But as it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. So that little phrase there is from Isaiah. And so I'm going to read here a little bit from, to give you a little bit of context about where that quote comes from, because again, this goes back to uh, the whole redemption project that God has embarked on. So I'm just going to read from Isaiah 64, verses uh, 1 through 8 here. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when the fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you were angry, and we sinned. Because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our father, we are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's really good stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, and that last line, you know, we are the clay and you are our potter. You know, you think about what a potter makes. A potter is making vessels, and um, and we are vessels again to to be filled with God's love. Mm-hmm. Yep, pouring pouring your love into us. Um, do you think this is what it's like to go to seminary, Brendan? <laughs> well, we're at a seminary. Yeah, I know, but I just got this weird feeling like when you were reading that, and we were kind of thinking about it, and we're sitting in a in a dorm room in a seminary, like. That seems kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Maybe not. Maybe not for four years. It's, it's seminary is like three years, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all you priests who are listening, <laughs> you tell us. This is a test to see how many of you are actually listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, getting back to the college itself, I, I just really. I, this might be my favorite so far that we've done. What I really like about it is the hopefulness of it. It's Christmas morning. We have no idea what's going to be under the tree, but but it's like way beyond what we asked for. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that kind of, of course, you know, the cynical part of me says, well, getting these awesome gifts requires me to love God in all things and above all things, which might explain why I haven't gotten any of those <laughs> 
ununderstandable good things yet. Well, maybe. I, I find a little bit of hope actually in the way uh, that this thing is phrased uh, because, uh, again, kind of going back to the history of uh, the prayer, uh, in the original, that phrasing, in all things and above all, and above all things, both of those are there in the original Latin. Uh, but if you actually look back at how this came into the Book of Common Prayer, at one point in one edition, it was just above all things, and at one point it was in all things. And, and I think this gets back to some of the ambiguity about who we are as Christians in the world, uh-huh. uh, that, that we know God created the world. We know that God loves uh, the world that God has created. But at the same time, there's a bit of a sense of not quite being of this world. And I think this prayer uh, reflects that, that, that we, can, we can love God in the world and we can love God above the world. Uh, and this prayer kind of reflects that ambiguity. Uh, I just, I, I think that what I like about this prayer is, is that it, it calls out the hope of the resurrection. Obviously, that is one of those things that you would have never expected to happen. Um, something that, that God can do that, that is surpassing certainly my understanding of physical life and the way that it works and the way that it ends. And I'm a person who likes hope and, and who, who likes joy and who likes love. So this prayer really does something for me. I'm right there with you. And I think, you know, when, when you're praying, when we're praying the office, uh-huh. uh, for instance, when I'm doing evening prayer and you have those kind of three options at the end for the uh-huh. thing that you can say, and about two thirds of the time, I, I choose glory to God who working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Yep. Uh, because... A, there's so much hope in that. Uh, but there's also a reminder of who we are in relationship to God. Uh-huh. Uh, that that no matter how big our hopes are, God is bigger than those hopes. And that's great. Yep. Uh, Absolutely. It's super cool. Are we ready for the Twitter challenge? Can I hope beyond hope to have a better tweet than you? You can, but you get to go first this week. Okay. So mine is uh, very short and very sweet, but it goes back to kind of the passive thing that you uh, mentioned earlier Uh about this prayer. We're asking God to kind of do something. We don't do much. Oh, God who hardened Pharaoh's heart, soften mine. Hashtag Easter 6. Hashtag Acts 8. I like that. Mine is also... um short and perhaps sweet you can you guys can be the judge of that <laughs> god's promises exceed all that we can desire alleluia hashtag collect of the week hashtag easter six very good thanks god i had room to work in the alleluia as well well, you know, yeah. at, you got to work them in while you can. Yeah, that's true. We're running out of Easter season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us uh, what you think of this prayer, uh, how you feel about this circular logic. You can find us uh, on Twitter at The Collect Call, or you can send us an email at uh, The Collect Call at actsatemoment.org. We would also love it if you would uh, check in with our parent organization, the Acts 8 Moment, at acts8moment.org, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash acts8moment, or on Twitter at acts8moment. Our music for the podcast is Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence by Aaron DeVries, which is distributed under a Creative Commons license, and you can find more of Aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com. 
And we will be back with you next week for the last Sunday of Easter. I know, but luckily we are going to keep going past Easter, so we don't have much to mourn. That That is true. Yay! So uh, we will try to make your ordinary time, but anything but ordinary. <laughs> Stick with us, everybody. Happy Easter. Enjoy what's left of it. Happy Easter! Let our mortal flesh keep silence And with fear and trembling stand Ponder nothing earthly-minded For with blessing in his hand Christ our God to earth descended Our full homage to